What's up, friends? Welcome back to the Breath of Heaven podcast. I hope you are doing wonderful. In this message, this is one that I taught on the topic of fasting, and this is part of our Foundations of Prayer series. And as with everything in this series, it is obviously not everything there is to know about the topic, but it is laying a foundation or a beginning or a rem- some reminders of the topics that we address in this series. So in this one, we're talking about fasting. If you have never fasted before, hopefully this will give you a good starting point of things to consider in the way of fasting. And if you have, hopefully this will be just a really good reminder and refresher on why we fast and the importance of fasting to the life of the believer. Anyways, I hope that you enjoy. Let's jump right in. Foundations of prayer without talking about fasting. For some reason, fasting has become either something that people are super into or something that Christianity nowadays seems to excuse away for some reason, probably because it's uncomfortable and not the most enjoyable thing to make a rhythm in your life. But I feel like it's super important in um, a regular discipline of growing with the Lord. So I want to tell a few stories about a buddy of mine. Uh, I met I met Jose... Diaz around the time that I was taking over a youth group, uh, a youth group worship band. Um, at this time, our youth group would do conferences. Um, is this mic really loud? I was like, this is really loud. Okay. So at the time, our youth group was about 20 or 30 people. So we had a really small youth group, but we would host conferences for hundreds of people. I feel like we in the algorithms have similar stories for some reason and all of these things. But we would host big conferences at our church, and then we would go to other youth groups where they had big youth groups, and we would go, like, stoke the fire with those youth groups. So our little tiny hardcore youth group would go, like, fire up the big youth groups. And so Jose, I believe I met him at some point. He came to one of our events, and he, his youth group came to one of our events. And we quickly became friends because of his passion for the Lord. Um, <laughs> Jose was the friend that would call you out to live to your potential and then very quickly remind you that your calling is nowhere near as important as your relationship with Jesus. So quit being full of yourself and focus on the Lord. Um, He was very loud, very Cuban, very intense, um, always, always intense and passionate. And he was a really good person to be like, in the best way possible, a thorn in my early years with the Lord. Um, He would not let you stay stagnant or comfortable in any way if he was around you. I remember one time um, Jose coming up to me and saying, Chris, (laughs) because it's the way he talked. Jess has met Jose. If you really want to be a worship leader, you need to read this Keith Green book called No Compromise. And I was like, okay. Now, at this time, I wasn't a reader at all. This is like, I had read one book that wasn't forced on me by school at this point. I read a lot now, but at the time I hated reading. And I was like, all right, Jose, I'll go get the book because I believe I'm supposed to be a worship leader. So I went to Barnes and Noble, picked up the book that was 500 and something pages long. And I was like, Jose, you're going to kill me with this Keith Green book. I didn't know anything about Keith Green. All I knew was that Jose said the dude was legit and that he was like a forefather of the worship movement, the current worship movement. And he told me a story about him hiding under his piano because people were shouting his name and he hid until they stopped talking about him and he could go lead them in worship in a way that wasn't about him. And that's all I knew. And it literally probably took me like 10 years to read this book. I'm going to be honest. Like I picked it up and I would read like a couple chapters, forcing my way through it. And I would love it, but I just hated reading. 
and then I would put it down, and then I would pick it back up, and I forgot what the first two chapters were about, so I'd go back and read those chapters, and then I'd put it down, and I don't think I finished that book, honestly, until we moved to Tennessee, and I started reading it when I was, like, 15 or 16, (laughs) so, yeah, about 10 years, probably. Um, Another fun Jose story, the only two times in my life that I have fallen out in the Spirit, you guys all know what that means, like, got touched by the Holy Spirit and, and fell down. I grew up in a, a pretty charismatic church, and so I was used to that. I was used to people being delivered of demons. I was used to people falling out in the spirit or, like, really encountering God's presence. But when you grow up in a church like that, you can also become very cynical, where I was like, oh, Sister Mary's going to fall again because she falls every Sunday. You know, like, you start to just, like, I, I never doubted the power of God and that people really encountered him like that. But you also just can kind of be like, really? You fall every week? You know, like, is that really God? And so I didn't doubt it, but I also was a little cynical. Real quick side note story. I remember we used to have people who waved flags, which if you've come here multiple times, you know that like we we wave flags, we dance on Friday nights, most Fridays. And um, this is a side subject. But I remember being like, oh, the flaggers almost took out a kid again, you know, because they'd they'd be swinging flags around and almost hit kids. And, um, And then we went to a church that was like very, very kind of, non-expressive in worship for the first time in my life. And it was like, every Sunday was like this, what we sang. And I remember being like, God, send flaggers. I'll take the flaggers. Like, just someone who wants to worship. And sure enough, we led worship at a conference right after that, at that church. And like, seven ladies walked in with these giant flags. I have no idea where they came from. But in the middle of the set, I was like, can all the flag ladies come down front? And they all did. It was awesome. So, I have learned to not be cynical towards the things of the Lord. But anyways, at this point, I was still in that spot, and Jose called me one day, and he's like, Chris, let's go to this little church in the middle of nowhere. Why? There's Smith Wigglesworth's son, spiritual son, is going to be there. What? Who? Like, I knew who Smith Wigglesworth was, but son's spiritual son, I'm trying to figure out how this all connects. And he's like, don't worry about it, get in the car. And so he came by, and he picked me up. We picked up some other guy who was a friend of ours, but I can't remember who it was. And we drove out to this little church in the country. And sure enough, we get there. And this guy, we get there somewhere in the midst of worship. And the guy stands up. I forget the guy's name. But he was Smith Wigglesworth's son's spiritual son. And so he gets up and, like, doesn't share any of his own ideas about anything. He stands up. He reads, like, two or three chapters of scripture. And then he says, if you're in ministry, stand up. And I was in ministry. And I was like, okay. So I stood up. And I went to the front. And um, sure enough, like, as soon as I got prayed for, I was out. And then I got back up later in the night, and he said some other uh, prompt of, like, hey, if you're this, if you, I think it was, like, if you're in, like, student ministries or something, then come to the front. And I went up on the stage and prayed for me again, and I fell backwards down the stairs. <laughs> and it was, like, that was the only two times I've fallen out in the spirit. But all that to say, these are with my buddy, Jose. So... Another, another time, Jose, we ended up at the same college together. And so um, Jose was starting a student ministry for, to like fast and pray and seek the Lord. And so I ran into him one day and he's like, Chris, let's fast and pray. And like, he really is just always this intense. In fact, I just looked him up on YouTube because Jose doesn't do social media and I haven't talked to him in years. And I found him on YouTube teaching, uh, do you guys know The Ramp, Karen Newton's ministry? Anyways, it doesn't matter. He was teaching somewhere. He is still just as intense, except for his voice sounds like he's like a 60-year-old man now for some reason. 
Um, but still just as intense, just as Jose. And he's like, let's fast and pray. And I said, cool, when do we start? Now! Okay, all right, I had breakfast, does that count? <laughs> and so I remember we were like, we decided we were gonna fast and pray. We walked across the street, went to a big field in the middle of the campus, and we prayed loudly together. And then he was like, let's get in the car. And so we got in the car, and uh, he drove straight to Dunkin' Donuts and ordered like a giant orange slushy thing. And I was like, Jose, what are you doing? I thought we like started a fast two hours ago. And he's like, we're doing a no food fast. I live on these things and we're fasting. And I was like, okay. And I'm slightly paraphrasing, but this was, this was my introduction to fasting at this time. So I think I may have done it before, but this was like early years of the idea of fasting. Um, anyways, yeah. So at that time, we met, our youth group met on Friday nights, and our leadership, somewhere around there, it's a little fuzzy, somewhere around there, we decided to fast every Friday leading up to service. So we would take Fridays, and we wouldn't eat, and we would lead into the night um, just in a fasted, prayerful, kind of meditative place. Um, and that was really, for me, I would say my earliest years of, of kind of, I'll share a funny story about fasting later, but... That was the early years for me about starting the discipline of fasting. So a few things about fasting. Fasting puts your soul in submission to God and humbles you. So there's a lot that can be said about fasting, um, and we're only going to scratch the surface, because there's actually a lot of reasons that people fasted in Scripture, there was, which we won't go through all tonight. We're going to go through it in the basis and understanding of fasting with prayer. Um, And what I really hope to do at a minimum is just stir you to consider if you haven't fasted, uh, if you haven't taken time to fast something, whether it's food or something else in your life, to dedicate that time to focus with the Lord, I really just want to stir that up in you to pray about it, okay? So there's multiple reasons in Scripture for fasting, um, but here's some of the ones that we're going to touch on tonight. Number one, fasting humbles you. So think about it. You're basically choosing to deny yourself food, which is like a basic human need. And I would say that's very humbling. It takes you off the throne of your life and puts him on it. In the world, if you want power, you have to earn it or you have to take it. That doesn't work in God's kingdom. In God's kingdom, the only way to get supernatural power is to ask him for it. And how have people asked God for things through history? By prayer and also at times in fasting. If we want to see God move powerfully, get on your knees and put God on the throne of your life. This is the most uh, expedited way to see the Lord move in your life is to put him on the throne of it. Fasting tunes your heart into God. And just as a note, why did Jesus never do miracles the same way? You ever notice that? You notice he didn't really heal blind people the same way every time? It wasn't always spit in mud, rub it on their eyes, and they'll be healed. Because if it was, we would have made it a formula. We would all, when we met a blind guy, spit in the mud and rub it on their eyes and and believe that they would be healed. And if they didn't get healed, we would just throw it all away and be like, it doesn't work. But if you notice, the biggest thing with Jesus was he said, like, only do and say what I hear and say and see my Father do and say, right? So, like, his whole thing was dependency on the Spirit and on the Father at all times. Fasting is a wonderful way to teach yourself to be more dependent on the things of the Lord than on the things that you can provide for yourself. In fact, I had a mentor in my life. Uh, It wasn't... He may have been a believer, but it wasn't like a deep spiritual moment. And he was kind of a crazy guy, actually, um, and I love him. But he used to always say, always be a little bit hungry. And I was like, why? I'm like, I like to eat. 
And he's like, no, always be a little bit hungry. People get lazy when they're full. He also would turn the AC off in like 98 degree heat and crack the window this much so that we were prepared for the photo shoot we were headed to and we could handle the heat. Goodness gracious. He was my photography mentor, but he was a crazy guy. And I love you, Steve, if you ever hear this message. Um, <laughs> but always be a little bit hungry was actually something that I really took as a spiritual lesson too. To always stay hungry for the things of the Lord. Because when you get really full on always adding things in, it's really hard to even care about the things of God. You know what I mean? You can fast a lot of different things to focus yourself more on the Lord. When scripture talks about fasting, it is typically talking about food. However, there's references of fasting other things. About fasting, there's references about fasting intimacy between husband and wife. Um, and coming back together quickly in that scripture. But there's uh, references about fasting specific choice foods as like a Daniel fast. Um, one of the things that the Lord actually has led me to fast a lot in my life is music and media. So I listen a lot to music and podcasts and audiobooks, and I always have a lot of input. And every so often I can feel the tug of the Holy Spirit say, I want you to give me the extra space in your life. And so I'll take a day or I'll take two days and I won't listen to music. I won't listen to audiobooks when I'm running or when I'm out driving or whatever. And it's actually really hard for me. Like if I'm doing design work or something, it's hard not to have like, you know, cool lo-fi music or something that's like inspiring. But to sit completely silent for days aside from chatting with people is, is hard for me. Sometimes it's harder than fasting food, to be totally honest. Bob was texting me. He said everything's okay. Amen. Talk to him later. Um, But I'll be honest, every single time that I fast media or food, it is always, always worth it. So one thing I want to touch on, and this seems to be the only thing that we talk about often in church, is how not to fast. But I do think this is is, uh, an important thing to talk about when you talk about fasting. Don't fast to prove something to other people. Okay? So equally, I would say, though, don't be super awkward about it. Like, if you go out to lunch with people and you're, not fa- and you're fasting food, don't, like, be super awkward and not tell them that you're on a fast. Because it makes life so weird. Or if you're at someone's house and they offer you food and you're fasting food, just be like, hey, I'm actually, I'm, I'm taking some time to fast. That's totally cool. Like, I have friends who are like, I'll lose my reward. And I'm like, that's not the point. The point is don't be prideful about what you're doing. But you don't have to be a weirdo either. Because um, that in itself can be a distraction from leading into the Lord's heart. Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 through 18 says, Whenever you fast, do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do, for they neglect their appearances so that they will be noticed by men when they are fasting. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that your fast will not be noticed by men, but your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. In other words, in a phrase that my wife hates when I say, just be chill. Like, just be chill about it. (laughs) Dedicate your fasting to the Lord, not to impressing people. The discipline of fasting. A big part of fasting is the discipline to deny yourself cravings and desires. Okay, you're purposefully choosing not to be ruled by your flesh. In this way, fasting is a great tool to actually help you gain self-control in your life. Um, I want to look at two contrasting things in Scripture that popped out to me this week. Number one is in Genesis 25. If you guys remember Jacob and Esau, uh, the twins born one after the other, 
Esau born first as the older and Jacob born second, clinging on to his heel. So in Genesis 25, 28, it says, Now Isaac loved Esau because he had a taste for game. Notice the word taste. But Rebekah loved Jacob. When Jacob had cooked stew, Esau came in from the field and he was famished. And Esau said to Jacob, Please let me have a swallow of that red stuff there. Which is not the most eloquent asking of food. For I am famished. Therefore, his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, first, sell me your birthright. And Esau said, behold, I am about to die. So what use then is a birthright to me? And Jacob said, first, swear to me. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went on his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Okay, so as the firstborn son who would have had the majority of the inheritance because of hunger for food, he sold his birthright. Okay, so uh, Esau was ruled by his hunger. Now, a contrast which is never fun to be matched up to, would be Jesus in Luke 4, verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness, for 40 days being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when he had ended, he became hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell the stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. And he led him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, I will give all this domain and its glory, for it has been handed over to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you worship me, it shall be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. In verse 9, and he led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every temptation, he left him until an opportune time. So two things. One, Jesus was led in the wilderness by the Spirit, fasted, number two, and was not ruled by his hunger. So even when temptation came because of being led by the Spirit, having fasted and having control over uh, his own desires and cravings in that moment, he was able to abstain the attack or the temptation of the enemy. Fasting strengthens us in the Lord and crucifies our fleshly desires. So this is actually my favorite part of fasting, and this is fasting during decision-making. So I actually have a pretty regular rhythm uh, throughout the year that I will do like a Daniel fast. So a Daniel fast for me is something that I can do pretty sustainably. Um, And just to be transparent, like I... Probably Daniel fasts two to three times a year on regular. Um, and we usually do one at the beginning of the year. It's something we started at a church we went to years ago, and I know a lot of churches will do a Daniel fast at the beginning of the year. Um, so that's typically how I start my year off. And then we seem to always have big decisions to make. And whenever I'm coming into a big decision moment, hence like this building or you know whatever, I will typically take time and fast and pray through it. 
Um, in my experience, breakthrough often comes after I fast. We were talking about this earlier, uh, the elders, Ms. and I. I believe this has to do with aligning your decision-making with what God is saying as you fast and seeing the fruit of it later. I think that making decisions is like planting seeds, and often seeds will grow later on in the next season, in the coming season. So a lot of times when you're fasting and praying, you take time to fast and pray, God, I need to really hear your voice here. You don't see like an immediate response, but when you do tune your heart to what he's saying and you really listen uh, and take that time and make the decisions that he's leading you in, you will see the fruit of that in the coming season. If you heard the Lord on a subject and don't immediately see breakthrough, give it time and continue to cover it in prayer. Acts chapter 13, verse 2. These, I'm going to read two really good examples of fasting when you're making decisions. Uh, Verse 2 of chapter 13 says, While they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Then, when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they sent them on a missionary journey from this point. Acts chapter 14, verse 23 says, When they had appointed elders for them in every church, in this early church, having prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. So to share just a quick backstory, I know some of you guys will know this story really well. But we started um, worship, these worship nights in the back room of the coffee shop. And then I came in this building. My heart sunk. I felt like the Lord was leading me to like, this next big thing that he wanted us to do. I didn't want to do it. Campfire was got, kind of getting its bearings. And I was like, no, I don't want to keep starting new things. Like, I love it, but it's hard. It's really, really hard. Not the next thing. But as soon as I walked in here, it looked nothing like this. Everyone had thought it was just a terrible looking storage space with a giant hole in the wall and no door. And um, as soon as I walked in, I felt the Lord and was like, this is going to be the next season of our life. And I literally walked and stood like right over here. I was like fighting with God, kind of excited and kind of terrified. But I, I went to, I went, I was actually already on a fast, but I was on like a three week fast and that became like a solid three weeks of praying about God. I know this is you, but like, I have to know that I know that I know this is you. Because as soon as I walked in here, I knew that it would mean selling the coffee shop, which was like our business baby, and had been like this amazing connection point in the town and all this stuff in our life uh, to be able to reach people and love on people every day. And so I was like, no, I don't want to let this one go to do something that seems ridiculous. And at the time, we probably had like regularly 10 maybe 12, probably 30 people who came and went, similar to how sometimes it still is, but um, probably 10-ish people who came on Fridays. And this is a giant building for 10 people. And so uh, we decided to sell the coffee shop to work towards it. And we bounced around for about a year between houses and did worship in houses. It actually grew more in the houses. And then we actually came down to closing on the building. And I went through one of their process of fasting and praying. And like, God, I got to know that I know that I know that this is you. And um, sometimes I'm stubborn, even though I know the truth. But fasting tunes my heart more into him. And so we fasted through the purchase of the building and how to purchase it and all these things. 
And there was a lot of logistics of like a nonprofit and how to own the building and how to integrate everything. So I spent a lot of time fasting and praying into this process. Um, and then like the third week that we had worship, no one came, which was, it was fine. Because it was fine like when that happened at the house. But I remember Jess and me and the kids sat right here on like a rug and we worshiped for a little bit. But I remember being like, God. I would be fine with no one coming. I didn't start this for people to come. This was for us to start with, but like 11,000 square feet for no one to come. <laughs> like, I, I feel like I've lost my mind a little bit, but had I not had those seasons of knowing that I know that I know that this was the Lord, it would have been very, very difficult. All right. When we fast, we put off worldly pleasures to find the pleasure of the Lord. We take our focus off of physical things to intentionally focus on Jesus. We put off worldly pursuits to pursue the Father. Close, we close our eyes and ears to the things of the world to open our eyes and ears to the things of the Spirit. Okay, things to know when you start fasting. You will likely feel even more distracted by the thing that you are fasting from. Okay, so if you fast food, all you're going to think about is food when you first fast food. If you fast music, all you're going to think about is how annoyed that you're not listening to music. Whatever the thing is that you fast, that will most likely be the number one thing on your mind, not Jesus. Just being honest. Um, <laughs> let those desires, when they pop up, be the thing that actually reminds you what you're fasting for. So a great way that it was told to me when I was young was every time you get hungry when you're fasting food, take that time to pray, to read the word, use that as a reminder. Okay, every time you want to listen to music, purposely listen for the voice of the Lord. It's actually just a beautiful reminder as you're fasting. Now, as you fast more often, at least for me, I can say from my experience, fasting becomes like a very meditative thing in my life. So I actually love the feeling at this point, as crazy as it sounds, of like denying whether it's like certain foods or music or whatever, I, I love the way that it feels because it immediately puts my heart in like this meditative on Jesus state. So the more you do that, the more it just kind of becomes uh, like a familiar positioning of your heart, if that makes sense. You will potentially, <laughs> you will potentially mess up in some way when you first fast. So funny story. First time I felt like the Lord led me independently to do like a seven day no food fast. I was around like day five or six into this fast and um, friends of mine were eating pizza and, and I, was, I was hungry. And you go through waves of hunger if you do like a no food fast. Um, I sucked on a pepperoni and spit it out. <laughs> Cause I was like, I just want to taste. But I'm not going to eat. I was like stuck to my, my commitment of not eating. But I literally sucked on like a corner of a pepperoni. And it was the most intense tasting pepperoni I've ever tasted in my life. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> All right. Like anything, the first time you try fasting, it will seem strange. And you may feel like you're killing yourself by not eating or listening to music or whatever. And in some really good ways, you are. That's the point, is to kill areas of your own cravings and desires to use that to grow you closer to the Lord. The point isn't to complete the fast and check a box. Okay, this is a really big thing. I'm a very, like, I love checking things off of lists. It's like a thing. A buddy of mine one time said, um, he was confessing about how he liked, like, if he did something that day, he'll put it on his list so that he can check it off. 
And I was like, what a dummy. And then I realized, like, I've done that multiple times. I love checking off boxes and being like, I did stuff. So don't fast to check the box. That's not the point of it. The point of it is to grow closer to the Lord. As you grow in fasting, you will start to enjoy the feeling of emptying yourself and giving attention to God. And then I'd already shared this. For me, fasting is meditative. The feeling of hunger directs my heart to God. Okay. To land the fasting ship. I want to challenge you guys, uh, whether it's this week or soon, to pray and ask God if he would have you try fasting something. Okay, I actually really do think this is like a very necessary and important discipline of a believer's life. I think that like in culture, for some reason, we've excused this away like we have a lot of things. But it's very scriptural, um, and it's actually very, very beneficiary. Beneficiary? Beneficial. Beneficial. Thank you. Very beneficial to grow in the Lord. So I want to. I want to just. I want to challenge you to try it. Whether it's food or a Daniel fast. Um, I, if you want to talk about that, if you've not done a Daniel fast, I'd love to talk about it because I do them often. It's like a really one of my favorite ways to fast. Um, or if it's like news, media, music, whatever that is. Um, something that is a regular rhythm in your life that you can swap to focus more on the Lord for a season in that area. And as I said before, at first it will be challenging. Uh, and that's like food is really important to me. Okay, just be honest. I really, I really like food. I'm like a foodie and I struggle with probably stress eating and all the things. So when I fast food, it actually it amazingly snaps me back into like focused alignment. Um, so for me, food is one that I do often. For you, it might be something totally different. Um, almost any time that I know that I'm coming up on a really big decision, I like to fast. Uh, typically, as I shared all this before, I jumped ahead of all my notes. Um, one other thing I would say, I have multiple times started fasts out of my own like great idea of like, oh, I can solve a problem. I'm just going to fast. Those are the worst fasts of my life. And I ended up being like, why did I do this? And, like, sometimes I've ended up, like, sick and goofy stuff because I was like, oh, I'm just going to solve this. I'm going to fast, and it's going to get better. Ask the Holy Spirit what he would have you fast. And if it's, like, a season of your life that you should be fasting into something, it works much better when he leads you in anything. <laughs> that it goes for dating relationships and all the other things, okay? Um, ask the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit. So, let's pray. Father, we thank you. I pray that tonight, even though this is a different uh, kind of topic that we normally talk about. Lord, I pray that you would actually challenge us um, to lay some things aside for a time or a season to grow closer to your heart. God, as we build a place of worship, and I just really believe I'm being obedient to what you asked me to do on sharing about cultivating uh, just worshipers and people with a heart to worship you. God, I pray that you would put on hearts maybe tonight, maybe this week, uh, maybe even already, what you want us to, to put aside for, for a moment, put aside for a season, to lean more into your heart. And I pray that you would meet each person as they take time away from the regular rhythm of these areas of their life, just to meet them in a beautiful and special way. But most importantly, God, would you be glorified in all that we do, and would you lead us in the way of Jesus. We love you. We thank you for who you are. In Jesus' holy name. 
Thanks for joining us for this podcast, friends. I hope that it encouraged you and challenged you in your walk with the Lord. If you want to find more of our teaching resources, as well as music, you can look us up at breathofheaveninc.org. That's breathofheaveninc.org. You can also donate to help us continue to put out podcasts like this and put out music. And if you should definitely, if you're anywhere near Jamestown, Tennessee, come join us on a Friday night for our community worship nights. Friday night, 6 p.m. in downtown Jamestown. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you in the next one.